Hello, I am Judesca Villan. Welcome to another Rappler podcast episode where we discuss facts, nuances, and controversies behind the big issues in the Philippines. This is Rappler's Newsbreak, Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, pag-uusapan natin ang anti-terror bill. Kasabay ng pagpasa nito sa Kongreso, ang malakas na pagtutol ng marami dahil sa mga delikadong probisyon na maaaring makaapekto sa mga karapatan ng mamamayan. Gaano ba kadalikado kapag naging batas ang anti-terror bill? Kasama ko ngayon si Nalian Buan, ang justice reporter na Rappler, at si JC Gotinga, ang defense reporter na Rappler, para bigyang linaw ang mga isyong pumapalibot sa anti-terror bill. Hi, Lian and JC. Thank you for joining me today. Hello, Judes. Salamat din. So, JC, why is there a need for this new anti-terror bill? Ano ba yung kulang sa existing Human Security Act na mapupunan nitong bagong batas if masign ito ni Duterte in Tulok? If you ask our uh, security and defense officials, ang una nilang sasabihin when talking about the Human Security Act of 2007, which is the law na papalitan nitong uh, bagong anti-terror bill, is that wala siyang ngipin. It lacked teeth. Yun ang sasabihin nila. Kasi masyadong maraming restrictions, according to them, sa mga law enforcement and military personnel na tutugi sa mga terrorists, masyadong mataas din yung punishment para sa kanila. Wala sila masyadong gagalawan in terms of pag, uh, sa surveillance, sa paghuli, sa pag-aresto, at saka pati sa case build-up against these terror suspects. So dito sa magiging bagong version ng batas, magiging mas mahaba yung allowable period ng warrantless arrest. So from 3 days, pwedeng 14 days, extendable by another 10 days yung warrantless arrest of a terror suspect, for example. Tapos tinanggal na rin yung parusa dun sa 2007 na batas. Merong, uh, may, may provision doon na kapag ang isang police o military o sino mang government law enforcement agent ay nagkamali sa pagbibintang, pagpaparatang ng terrorism sa kung sino mang suspect, pag naakwit itong suspect na to, kailangan nila magbayad ng danyos na 500,000 pesos per day that the person was wrongfully detained kasi naakwit siya. So dahil doon, ayon sa mga security officials natin, takot kumilos or takot na mag-accuse ng terrorism yung ating mga law enforcement at saka military from 2007 until now which created the result na halos walang na-prosecute under the HSA or Human Security Act of 2007. So uh, with you mentioning na walang teeth yung dating batas tapos takot mag Uh, mag-target ng terrorist ang law enforcement agencies before this administration. And siguro, when you look at what's happening now, ano yung pagkakaiba nila when it comes to their crackdown sa terrorist groups in the Philippines? In terms of combat on the ground, siguro hindi natin masyado makikita. I'm not that privy to military operations or the intel operations of the police and the military mm-hmm. when it comes to how they go after specific Uh, terror suspects. But ang nangyayari, pag may nahuhuli sila na mga ganitong suspects, ang nagiging kaso halimbawa ay illegal possession of firearms, mm-hmm. uh, rebellion. For example, sa kaso ni Farhana Maute, mm-hmm. na nanay ng uh, Maute brothers who launched the Marawi siege in 2017, si Farhana Maute who said to be a central figure in that conspiracy, uh, ang kaso sa kanya is rebellion, hindi terrorism. Of course, the brothers namatay sila sa in the siege, so hindi naman sila nahuli. Yon, pwedeng murder, homicide, hindi nagiging tumbok na terrorism yung kaso sa kanila. Which means, 
iba rin yung nagiging case build-up na kailangan gawin nung law enforcement or ng military to establish their culpability. Mm-hmm. So, ang point nitong bagong amended na Human Security Act or Anti-Terrorism Law is ngayon, pwede nilang itumbok na terrorism, which means nandun sa intent. Meron intention to cause uh, widespread harm or damage to property, to life. May ganong aspect. As opposed to halimbawa, kung ikakaso is rebellion, di ibig sabihin kailangan against the government. Kung ikakaso ay illegal possession ng firearms, kailangan mapatunayan na may dala silang armas na hindi lisensyado. So medyo lihis dun sa pagtumbok, dun sa ang kasalanan mo ay terorista ka. May difference ba sa definition nitong old law sa parating na law when it comes to defining what constitutes terrorism or sino yung terrorist? Under the 2007 Human Security Act, yung definition ng terrorism under the old law, hindi siya as in word-by-word definition. It just says that any person who commits these acts, therefore Article 122 or, or piracy, Article 134 or rebellion, alam mo yun, parang hindi nila binigyan ng sarilin lang definition. The old law just says that if you commit this following crime, such as piracy, rebellion, kudata, murder, then you can be prosecuted under terrorism. And that's why I think um, prosecutors had difficulties in prosecuting or even trying crimes against the Human Security Act. Kasi what differentiates the ordinary crime of murder, diba, from terrorism? Mm-hmm. Or what differentiates the ordinary crime of rebellion from terrorism? May kausap akong lawyer kanina, he's saying that when you try Human Security Act in court, parang kailangan mo pa, you have to prove that it's fueled by ideology, yung mga ganon na medyo mahirap siyang i-prove in court. Uh-oh. And what the new law did, um, which is uh, the anti-terror bill of 2020, it gave its own definition. So, by word na siya, uh, such as that it includes engages in acts intended to cause death or serious bodily injury to any person or endangers a person's life. So, it has its own definitions. And what worries the lawyers is that binigyan mo ng panibagong broad definition these crimes that you can be punished under a very tough or draconian law. Fian, aside from that, that you mentioned the definitions, ano pa yung striking para sa'yo dun sa proposed bill na ito? Uh, number one is yung pinatawag nilang executive warrant. Kasi diba, before the police can arrest or detain someone, it has to have a warrant from a court. So, ibig sabihin, nag-probable cause na yung prosecutor, nag-probable cause na yung judge. And in case of warrantless arrest, kailangan mo pa rin idaan sa inquest, sa inquest prosecutor. Uh, under the Anti-Terror Bill of 2020, wala nang judicial warrant. Executive warrant na yung mananaig, meaning that the Anti-Terror Council, which is made up of cabinet officials, sila na yung mag-authorize sa law enforcement na, okay, you can arrest and detain this person. So gets, parang hindi mo na kailangang i-hurdle the high bar of probable cause of the prosecutor and probable cause of a judge. Pag sinabi ng executive agency, which is a political agency, na pwede kang arrestuhin, pwede kang arrestuhin, and pwede kang i-detain. What are lawyers saying about this? Uh, you've covered the judiciary for so long. So, of course, we know that human rights lawyers are raising concerns about this. Pero meron bang uh, mixed sentiments about this sa field? Um, well, 
for one, the Integrated Bar of the Philippines has not come out with a statement, but um, the other human rights groups who you would expect to come out with a statement has already done so, uh, including the Legal Assistance Group, the National Union of People's Lawyers, the Concerned Lawyers for Civil, Li Civil Liberties, and the Ateneo Human Rights Center. And basically, uh, they follow a common thread, which is that an executive warrant is very unconstitutional. Mm. And the that the broad definition of what constitutes terror opens its, opens the law up to abuse kasi it gives parang ito ito kasi yung parang ano eh um, the school of rodrigo duterte the law school of rodrigo duterte which is give a broad definition and leave it up to your foot soldier to interpret it tapos parang merong shield na okay hindi ka naman mapaparusahan kapag na misinterpret mo eh mm. Parang gano'n. Actually, oh. so, uh, ngayon na alam natin na lumagpasusun sa Congress and since uh, ratified siya as urgent need, President Duterte, we can expect na it's going to be signed into law anytime soon. Anong pwedeng mangyari? We're already experiencing a crackdown on dissent over the past years. Meron pa bang mas lalala pa sa nangyayari ngayon? Uh, to that, I wanna quote NUPL President Edra Olalia. He said that, things would get worse before they even get better. And what he means by that, we can only imagine. Kasi, like, we have seen ordinary Filipinos, a habal-habal driver, a salesman, a teacher, charged for inciting to sedition over a social media post. And uh, inciting to sedition has been there for such a long, long time. And for lawyers, it's kind of um, clear what it, punishes, but it has been used by this administration to crack down on dissent. Mm. So you can just imagine what they can do if this is passed into law because it gives them basically a legal cover mm -mm. for what they can do to crack down on dissent. Yes. Jaycee, yung response ng military sa concerns na raise ng mga grupo, human rights groups, lawyers, regarding sa proposed bill, uh, lalo na yung sa executive warrant, and then yung possible na gamitin siya to further crack down on dissent and any form of opposition? Uh, the official line of the military, pati ni Defense Secretary Delphine Lorenzana, is that uh, in the law itself, itong bagong anti-terrorism law, uh, ingrained or written in na sa kanya yung safeguards against abuse by law enforcement and the military, according to them. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, merong disclaimer dun sa part nung the part of the law that defines what terrorism is, meron siyang disclaimer na hindi naman daw kasama sa definition of terrorism yung protest actions, uh, expressions of grievances, yung ganong klase, yung mga legitimate na rally. Pero meron siyang mga corollary conditionalities na provided na ganito, provided it doesn't uh, present a public safety risk mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. We also have to think what drove our security officials to push for this measure is meron silang deadline kay President Duterte mm -hmm. na puksain yung communist rebellion, particularly yung NPA. Mm -hmm. So, sa paggawa nila ng definition of terrorism, sa kanilang pag-broaden, pag-cast ng wider net, ikanga, this is because they want to be able to prosecute quote-unquote terrorism for what it is because precisely they look at the CPP, NPA, NDF as terrorists. Mm -hmm. And they don't just mean yung combatants on the ground 
kaya they defined yung mga conspiracy, inciting, recruiting to organizations, di ba? May kasama yan sa batas eh, na pag nag-recruit ka sa organization na sinasabi nilang terrorist organization, dawit ka, kulong ka din. Kasi if we listen to how they argued before the Senate nung pinag-uusapan pa lang itong batas na to, ang kanilang maneho, what they were driving at was how organizations, left-leaning organizations, recruit, supposedly recruit students para going fighters uh, mag-recruit ng new blood sa kanilang armed struggle. Mm-hmm. So they're not looking at just combatants on the ground, but they're looking at the bigger machinery of the communist rebellion, kung paano ito nasusustain over the decades, kung saan sila kumukuha ng funding, saan sila kumukuha ng different forms of support, kung saan sila nagtatago, kung saan sila kumukuha ng tao para palitan yung kanilang mga tropa, tinitignan nila yan. And uh, nakita natin to Jodes, di ba, late in 2019, when even in Congress, pinaratangan ni Defense Secretary Lorenzana at ng leaders ng AFP, yung Gabriela Women's Party, yung Oxfam Philippines, and several other groups, iba pa nga churches, accused them of being legal front organizations of the communist rebellion or basically of being front organizations of the NPA. Mm-hmm. So, ito yung gusto nilang tirahin. Ito yung gusto nilang makatch dun sa wider net that they are trying to cast. So, when they say na, yes, nandun naman sa batas yung mga safeguards para hindi ito maabuso, totoo naman, nakasulat naman yun. But we are also seeing how apart from the letter of the law because at the end of the day, diba, yung batas, it's, it's a sheet of paper It's a set of words. And we've seen how they are able to maneuver around it, di ba? So, kung mas maluwag yung mga salita na nagbabind sa kanila to a certain course of action, then nagiging mas broad din kung ano yung mga tactics na pwede nilang i-deploy. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeping in mind na meron silang end goal na they have, a, they have a deadline to meet with President Duterte, which is by the end of his term in June 2022, dapat by then, napuksa na nila yung communist rebellion. And we've seen how this government parang nag-mental gymnastics siya para ma-fit into something yung gusto nilang mangyari. We've seen it ha- sa Kawarento, sa Mantay, uh, sa Tito Sedition. Pero I want to exactly. ask, JC and Lian, what's the worst case scenario that you can think of right now with this uh, proposed bill? To me, if I let my imagination run wild, parang magkakatalo tayo sa paano natin i-define yung terrorism at paano yung, halimbawa, merong rally merong or some public demonstration mm-hmm. on Labor Day na madalas natin makita yan, di ba? And sasabihin ng activists na we are just expressing our grievances. This is a legally protected right, our freedom of expression para iparating sa gobyerno kung ano yung namin. Pero pag sinabi ng law enforcement na no, you pose a public security threat, a safety threat. And you know how this can happen someone can start a scuffle. Yeah. A, a peaceful rally can turn into a riot in a, in a heartbeat. Just someone needs to throw a rock. Someone needs to hit somebody on the head with a baton. And then you have a scuffle. And then it becomes a public safety, diba? And God knows, you know, um, I, I will stop there because ayaw natin mag, magparatang kung saan nanggagaling yung maganon. But we have seen how that can happen. Yeah. So halimbawa, may isang grupo kayo ng aktivista, nagpo-protesta kayo uh, sa Mendiola o sa harap ng Malacanang pagkatapos pinagtatanggol nyo lang yung, sabihin nyo man na pinagtatanggol nyo lang yung karapatan ng mga estudyante, ng mga magsasaka, ng mga OFW, ng mga mangingisda. 
Pero kung sabihin ng law enforcement or ng military na you pose a public threat kasi nagkagulo, nagkaroon ng riot, nagka, nagka, nagkasuntukan, nagkaroon ng paluan ng, ng dos por dos, eh di pwede na kayong akusahan ng guilty ng terroristic act, di ba? And yun para sa akin yung nakakabother. Lian, for you, ano yung worst case scenario na nakikita mo or na iisip mo ngayon? I would like to think that we are now living in the worst case scenario because we have seen yun nga, ordinary people charged for inciting to sedition. If that's not the worst case scenario yet, parang why would you even think pa kung ano pa yung pwedeng mangyari? But to answer the question of what the worst case scenario will be, just think about this. Um, an executive body, the Anti-Terror Council, would be given the power to designate you as a terrorist and order you arrested and detained. So kung dati, they have to go through the motions of the judicial system. Now, wala na. Yun na yun. And as JC mentioned kanina, in the old law, if you charge somebody with terrorism and they are acquitted, the government must pay that person 500,000 pesos per day that her assets were seized. At tinanggal yun sa Anti-Terror Bill of 2020. So wala nang fear yung law enforcement na hindi sila takot na, ah, baka pag na-acquit ka, ako naman yung mapaparusahan. Mm-hmm. Parang nawawala, parang uh, the, the, the fear is lessened for them to go ahead and charge you or, and try you for terrorism. So I think we have already seen, I mean, the, just the fact that the Vice President of the Philippines, Vice President Lenny Robredo, was sued for inciting to sedition over videos of an anonymous person and um, the fact that it has charged two priests of inciting to sedition and a senator for inciting to sedition for that video means we are living in a worst-case scenario. And kailangang ma-realize ng mga tao na it's only a matter of days and months and years before it gets to them. Kasi nakarating na sa habal-habal driver, nakarating na sa salesman, nakarating na sa teacher. It will get to you someday, somehow. And the only reason why it won't get to you is if you shut up. And the question is, do you want to shut up? Right. So, Lian, you mentioned nga na we're living in the worst-case scenario. What's the best things uh, na gagawin dapat ng mga grupo who oppose this bill, uh, who oppose itong further crackdown on dissent? Ano yung dapat nilang gawin na immediately? Well, um, just to provide a historical background, in 2007, when the Human Security Act was enacted into law, See, presidential spokesperson Harry Roque was the one who led the charge to challenge the constitutionality of the Human Security Act. At, they failed at the Supreme Court in 2013 because there's this thing called um, kailangan may injury, it has to be ripe for adjudication. And the Supreme Court said yung mga alleged abuses under the Human Security Act are mere speculations and theories. So the Supreme Court said, wala, namang, wala pang injury. So it's not ripe for adjudication. And besides, you have no legal standing kasi hindi rin kayo yung tinamaan ng injury. So the Supreme Court kind of requires that element for you to be able to challenge the constitutionality of the law before them. For a lack of a better explanation, kailangan may masampulan bago recognize ng Supreme Court that this is now ripe for adjudication. And that's kind of sad, but it's the rules. And so, para sa akin, what, I mean, there is all, I, I will be the first one to say there is a value in going to the courts. 
But I remember in 2006 when President Gloria Macapagal Arroyo passed Presidential Decree Number 1017, which empowered the AFP and PNP to carry out necessary actions to suppress and prevent acts of terrorism. And this empowered the military and the police to do warrantless search of newspaper, of newsrooms, yung mga ganon. And when this happened, lawyers went out of the streets to march. I've heard stories of even law professors saying to their students na, you know, just march out in the street because what we're learning here is not being honored anyway by this government. And uh, I mean, I think we are on the brink of that crossroad in our government na baka kailangan meron ng lumabas para magprotesta or else if we just rely on the official channels then we might be stuck in a alam mo yun, uh, the perpetual circle of your petition being denied and then you get to file again and then madedenay ka ulit And if I may add, yung sa sinabi ni Liana, it's about time to perhaps take to the streets. But that's exactly what this law tries to prevent. Yeah. Yeah. Yung manggulo ka physically. Get yes. out there and be a public hazard. So now, even now as we speak about it, it puts us, like it brings us to a dead end, di ba? And mm-hmm. that, that's it exactly. That's the problem. And that's the chilling effect that this law wants to achieve anyway. Yung matatakot ka, you will second guess na, Okay, like for now, for example, um, groups are already calling for protests to go out there, to go to Filcoa in this, uh, I think, on tomorrow or on Friday to protest. And that's exactly what the government wants you to be scared of doing. So, yun, yun yung, yeah, I agree with JC. I mean, that's what we want to do, but that's also what we are being forced to be scared of doing. And I think JC... You've covered the defense sector for a long time already, and when not so long, naman siya. <laughs> <laughs> like few years. But okay. like yeah. uh, when when this issue, parang mabas ng issue nito. Madami nga siya abedon sa mga people who are supporting this bill, saying na it's for the safety of the Philippines against terrorism. Pero for you, ano ba yun dapat gawin na lang nila ng government instead of resorting to red tagging, resorting to mental gymnastics sa pag-prosecute ng mga dissent and saying that it's terrorism. Alam mo, Jodes, lagi kong pinag-iisipan yan. Kasi kahit basahin mo yung batas, it says there that part of the job of the Anti-Terrorism Council mm-hmm. is to address the roots of terrorism. Mm-hmm. But my friend, that is the job of the entire government and the mm-hmm. entire society for mm-hmm. that matter. It doesn't take one council to resolve ano yung hinanakit ng mga kapatid nat, kababayan nating moro or or ng mga farmers who want to take collective action to fight for their right to have their own land. Yung mga ganyang bagay. And in this country, it baffles me how when there is collective action by people who are disenfranchised, oppressed, ang dali silang maparatangan na komunista sila, na laban sila sa gobyerno. Parang rebelde agad, hindi ba pwedeng may hinanakit lang sila, hindi ba pwedeng gusto lang nilang, you know, they're just seeking redress for grievances. And these grievances have existed since forever. Yeah. Panahon pa ng Kastila. So, ano ba ang dapat gawin? Siguro, is it too much to ask the government to listen? To actually listen? And, di ba, it, it brings us back to agrarian reform. Yung pangako ng na, na the first Aquino administration right out of martial law, right out of the 
Marcos regime na oh ipamamahagi natin yung lupain uh, babubuwagin natin yung oligarchs yung mga hasendero and all of these things and yet they have remained right and that's because a lot of these people who are power brokers are also our our politicians in government mm. so ang hirap sagutin ng tanong kung masasagot natin yung tanong masasagot natin yung problema ng Pilipinas parang ganon kasi parang if we also put ourselves in the perspective ang perspective ng military diyan they follow orders eh, from the mm. commander in chief so mm. if the commander in chief says so and so is an enemy they will not question that pag sinabi ng presidente kalaban natin si person A yes they will not they will obey before they even question mm. di ba so pag sinabi ng yung red tagging pag sinabi na ayaw natin sa mga leftist groups kasi yan ang legal front ng mga NPA they will not question that either and yun din marami ring hinanakit ang military from all the decades na kalaban nila ang CPP NPA NDF and that's an entirely different matter a different story altogether yeah. but yun nga parang when we ask wag sila mag red tag well oo tama yun pero kasi din paano ba natin dadalhin yung gobyerno sa isang point when they can listen to the valid and genuine grievances represented by these groups na nalalagyan ng kumbaga nauunahan ng perception na makakaliwa sila kalaban sila ng gobyerno they want to take power from the government and establish their own government yes but at the very root of this is social injustice mm-hmm. uh, poverty disenfranchisement oppression hopelessness uh, disillusionment with society, diba? These things na, paano mabalulutasin yung ganon? And if nagkikreate sila ng gulo, nagkikreate sila ng public disturbance, quote-unquote, it's a lot easier to pound on them and to put them in jail kasi mas mahirap lutasin yung mga problema na nire-represent nila. Yeah. Can I just add that sure. uh, if the government wants to crack down on terror or on murderers, it has a completely set of fine laws to do so. Merong batas against rebellion, merong batas against sedition, merong batas against murder, merong batas against illegal possession of firearms and explosives, which it has been using since time immemorial. And if there's an invasion, there is a constitutional provision for the president to declare martial law and suspend the privilege of the writ of habeas corpus wherein it can arrest without warrants this suspected rebel. So, what else does the government want? Nasa kanila na the set of laws that, that they need to crack down on terror, that they want more, kind of gives you an idea of just what they want to punish. I want to use the phrase that Jason said kanina, to cast a wider net. And so, there is fear na sino yung masasali sa lambat na yun. And then, just to put perspective then mm-hmm. and then we have the actual stereotypical terrorists sorry for the term the extremists who walk into a church and self-detonate killing 50 people who were attending mass and then there is that so we also need to remember then yun valid yun paano mo nga ba tutugisin yung mga ganun yung bigla na lang mag-show up sa isang public space na napakaraming tao tapos sa isang iglap mapapasabog nila yung lugar nakakatakot naman talaga yun. Mm-hmm. And I am in no position to say kung itong batas ba na to ay asintado para sa ganon. Everything, I guess, is a double-edged sword. Everything is two-pronged. Kapag sinabi natin na terrorism, and if this law legislates a definition of terrorism, and if it, in, if it encapsulates or if it, if it covers kung ano yung 
mas naiintindihan or kumbaga yung mas madali nating tanggapin, mas establisado na yun ang what qualifies as terrorism. Then maybe perhaps by all means, kasi in the past year, naka, we experienced our first suicide bombings. So, meron ding ganun. And uh, some quarters will say, ginamit ng government yon yung takot natin sa terorista in the, in the classic sense to justify the creation of this law. So, the, the conversation is, it's really not that simple. A law like this can empower the government to go after the real terrorists, but at the same time, it gives them perhaps the power to see terrorists where there aren't any. So... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't venture an answer to judge which of the two at this point yung magiging mas matimbang. Yeah. I agree with JC that it's such a complex conversation and, and parang it, it does us more harm to oversimplify things. But I mean, I would take enlightenment, I guess, from the statement earlier by Basilan Congressman Mujib Hataman, Amoro himself, and the former governor of the ARMM who has experienced the perils of terrorism and he voted no to the bill and he said mas pinahalagahan sa panukala it, this is a verbatim quote mas pinahahalagahan sa panukala ang pagpapalawak ng saklaw ng kung sino ang pwedeng ituring na terorista kaysa pagtukoy at paghuli sa mga totoong terorista so if someone like congressman hataman could say that that's where i get my enlightenment from and thank you for enlightening me. <laughs> Leah. And, sobrang, and if you give this much power to what critics say is such an abusive government, parang kahit sa amutingan talaga, it's dangerous. Eh. So I think for my last question, JC and Dian, do you have any parting words to public as to why they should care about this? Because, of course, uh, journalists, activists, parang it's no question na why this is scary for us. But someone like a mother raising her kids, afraid of crimes around him, student, anong dapat nilang malaman about dito at bakit nila kailangan makialam? Uh, JC? Sa akin, siguro yung kahit anong gawin mo, na ipagtanggol, mag-point out anything that is less than perfect in what the government is doing. Might be misinterpreted, misconstrued, branded as being terroristic. Kapag ka medyo sarcastic ka sa Facebook post mo, may tinweet ka na medyo, medyo palaban tapos makita nila in a certain light, malagyan nila ng kulay, pwede ka nang maakusahan na you're inciting to terrorism. When in fact, halimbawa, gusto mo lang naman ipaglaban some legitimate concern. For example, transport rights or you know, all of these things na you know, we're a developing country na sa madaling salita, third world, we are still behind when in terms of human development. Marami tayong kailangan hingin, marami tayong kailangan ihingi ng accountability sa gobyerno. And if there is a law that warns us that if you put a toe out of line, we can swoop in and put you in jail and prosecute you for inciting to terrorism, then what's going to happen? Magtitiis ka na lang. And Filipinos, nagtiis na tayo ng ilang centuries na. Alam mo yun? So, ayun yung nangyayari. Parang gaya rin ang sinasabing ng Kumbaga, yung pinagdadaanan ng rappler, ng marami sa mga dissenters, ang, yung sinasabi ni Maria Reza na death by a thousand cuts, ito yun. Tatanggalan ka lang na karapatang mag-tweet, tatakutin ka mag-tweet, tatakutin kang kumuda sa Facebook. And before you know it, wala. Tinanggal na yung karapatan mo, yung, yung kakayahan mo to push for a better life for yourself. Kahit ano, man yung, kahit ano ka man dito sa, so sa lipunan natin. Kahit hindi ka naman politiko, kahit hindi ka naman leader ng kahit anong grupo, kahit isa ka lang tao na gusto mo lang na magandang buhay para sa sarili mo, kahit yun, 
pwedeng hindi mo makamit kasi tatanggalan ka ng karapatan na magreklamo. Ian? Siguro a message to ordinary Filipinos is imagine yourself in the shoes of the parents of teacher Ronald Mas. One day he got frustrated and siguro ill-advised and misguidedly posted on Twitter that he will be offering 50 million to kill President Duterte. He was arrested, detained, um, vilified, embarrassed, uh, had to pay 72,000 pesos bail. And now he has to withstand trial for something that he thought, well, I'm frustrated. I don't like this president. And I tweeted and imagined themselves in the position of the son of the teacher in General Santos City, who without even disclosing her real identity, she just said, and nothing about the president, ah. she just said, ginugutom tayo ng non-verbatim, ginugutom tayo ng lokal na pamahalaan natin, meron tayong food aid dun sa factory, kunin natin, atin yun. And now, tapos ang kwento sa akin ng lawyer nila, the mother, si teacher, hindi maayos yung damit niya, parang nakasando lang siya when law enforcement barged into their house. And her son said, wait lang, tatawag lang po ako ng abogado namin because that's a right. Pero hindi siya pinayagan. So sabi niya, wait, wag niyong arestuhin yung mama ko, pagbihisin niyo muna. Anong nangyari? Pati siya kinasuhan, pati siya kinulong. So, Grabe. And imagine that to the recent news today, yung drivers ng piston na inaresto din because they were also protesting the ban on public transport. Imagine yourselves as the daughters and sons of those drivers, diba? Parang, I think um, it's time to try to be more sympathetic about these ordinary Filipinos. I mean, forget the left, forget the activists, forget the journalists if you don't care about them. Pero these people are ordinary people. Hindi sila political and yet this is happening to them. So I guess uh, they must acknowledge that the threat is real. So on that note, let's continue to be vigilant because freedoms are a stake here. Hindi man tayo, like you mentioned, Lian, na wala ka man pakialam sa journalists, sa activists. Pero pakialam pa dapat sa mga kapo mo Filipino na ang only ginawa lang is to voice out their frustrations sa government because admittedly, talagang may kailangan tayong i-voice out because uh, mismanage ang pandemic and all other problematic actions by the government. And we know how the president has handled dissent over the past years. And like what we discussed, hindi to ideal. And we're seeing how uh, itong war niya on dissent is spilling over as ordinary Filipinos. So thank you, Lian and JC, for joining me today and for explaining the various issues surrounding this anti-terror bill. Salamat din, Judith, for having us. And thank for having for this the, conversation. Yeah, thank you for initiating this conversation. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, wag kalimutan na follow ang Rappler and Newsbreak sa Facebook, pati na rin sa Twitter. If you want to get access to exclusive content and events, join Rappler Plus. Plus is a community where we discuss and get deeper insights to the issues we face today. Sign up by visiting rappler.com plus. Kung meron ka namang gusto na topic na you think we should discuss in our podcast, Email us at investigative at rapture.com. Again, I am Jodes Gavilan, and this is Newsbreak Beyond the Stories.